The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, January 16th. In today's news, President Trump calls 50,000 federal employees back to work, but says they won't get paid. Attorney General nominee William Barr hints that he might not release the Mueller report, and Chris Christie attacks Jared Kushner in a new tell-all. First though, the big idea. With just 73 days to go until Britain is scheduled to leave the European Union, lawmakers in London on Tuesday overwhelmingly rejected the withdrawal deal that had been painstakingly negotiated between Prime Minister Theresa May and her European counterparts. The landslide vote, 432 to 202, was pure humiliation for a British leader who has spent the past two years trying to sell her vision of Brexit. Her failure now raises serious questions about how and if Britain will leave the EU as promised on March 29th. Hardcore Brexiteers, such as former Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson, cheered the result. They say it increases the chances of Britain leaving the EU with no deal and no compromises, or with a much, much better deal than May or EU leaders say is realistic. At the same time, those who want Britain to stay in the Union are also happy with the outcome. They think May's loss gets them closer to their goal. The political turmoil heightened fears among European leaders that Britain will crash out of the bloc in a chaotic, no-deal departure that would have harsh economic and humanitarian consequences on both sides of the English Channel. In the House of Commons, May stood almost alone, flashing defiance and frustration as many in her own party abandoned their leader. Historians had to go as far back as the Victorian age to find a comparable party split and parliamentary defeat. Back to Prime Minister William Gladstone's support for Irish home rule in 1886. That cut the Liberal Party in two. Jeremy Corbyn, the opposition Labor Party leader, introduced a motion of no confidence to be debated and voted upon Wednesday. Afterward, though, leaders of Northern Ireland's Democratic Unionist Party, which props up May's minority government, announced they will support the prime minister, thereby making her ouster later today unlikely. May now has until Monday to return with a plan B. Her office has been tight-lipped about what alternatives she might offer. May says she'll reach out to members of parliament to find out what kind of Brexit deal, if any, they might endorse. European leaders expected the deal to fail, but they were stunned by the scale. They see little, though, that they can do to ease any agreement through parliament. Britain could ask to postpone Brexit beyond the end of March and try to buy more time to work out its problems, but an extension would require unanimous consent from the remaining EU countries in continental Europe. Outside parliament, The scene was raucous. Thousands of protesters, many in costumes, gathered to shout at each other, illustrating just how unsettled Britain remains two years after voting narrowly to leave. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, President Trump is recalling nearly 50,000 government employees to try softening the impact of the shutdown and thus reduce political pressure on him to compromise. But here's the catch. He won't pay them while they work. For now, it appears the president can in fact do this. A federal judge yesterday rejected a bid by unions representing air traffic controllers and other federal workers to force the government to pay them if they're required to work. 
These men and women are part of a group of about 800,000 federal workers who are not receiving paychecks during the shutdown, which is affecting dozens of federal agencies, large and small. Trump extended an unusual lunch invitation yesterday to a handful of rank-and-file House Democrats in an attempt to woo them and create a divide within the Democratic camp over the shutdown. But the lawmakers rebuffed the outreach. Democratic leaders voiced concerns the meetings would prove nothing more than a photo op to bolster Trump. With Democrats in the House pushing forward with votes every day on bills that would reopen the government, Trump seesawing from one strategy to another to win funding for the wall, and Mitch McConnell largely sitting out the battle, there appears to be no path toward opening the government anytime soon. But there is anxiety on both sides, and lawmakers want this to be over. But again, an endgame looks as remote as it did three weeks ago. Number two. At his confirmation hearing, Attorney General nominee Bill Barr pledged he will allow special counsel Bob Mueller to finish his investigation. Throughout the nine-hour hearing, Barr lavished praise on a man he called a friend and said he won't follow through on any order to fire the special counsel unless there's good cause. But he notably refused to commit to make Mueller's findings public. In a sign of likely fights to come, Barr said any report from Mueller would be treated like internal Justice Department prosecution memos, which are kept secret. Barr said he, not Mueller, will be responsible for notifying Congress and reporting certain information once the investigation ends. Barr is expected to be confirmed on a party-line vote by the Republican-controlled Senate. Number three. In his new book, Chris Christie trains his fire on Jared Kushner, The former New Jersey governor blames the president's son-in-law for denying him the vice presidency in 2016 and what he calls a hit job that got him fired as chairman of the Trump transition team right after the election. When he was U.S. attorney more than a decade ago, Christie sent Jared's dad, Charles Kushner, to prison. Christie goes on to argue that many of Trump's biggest mistakes from the past two years were Jared Kushner's fault because he was so in over his head. The Guardian got an advanced copy of the book called Let Me Finish. It comes out on January 29th, and it's full of score settling. In one passage, Christie recounts for the first time how Kushner badmouthed him to Trump in April 2016 while Christie was in the room. The book lays out several previously unknown examples of Trump personally humiliating Christie. At his first meeting with Trump in 2002 over dinner, Trump ordered Christie's food for him. He chose scallops, which Christie is allergic to, and lamb which he's always detested. Christie recalls wondering whether Trump was treating him like, quote, one of his chicks. At another dinner three years later, Trump told the obese Christie that he had to lose weight if he wanted to move up in politics. He did so again in 2016. Trump told Christie he should wear his ties longer so he didn't look so fat. Kushner isn't the only Trump world person Christie goes after. He says Mike Pence, who became VP instead of him and then took over the transition team after he was ousted, had a, quote, thrown together approach that led to bad hiring decisions over and over again. He says Jeff Sessions was not ready for prime time. He calls Michael Flynn a train wreck from beginning to end. He also calls him a Russian lackey. And Christie's telling Kushner advised Trump that firing Flynn as national security advisor would end talk of links between the Trump campaign and Russia. Needless to say, that turned out to be wrong. Again and again, Christie writes, the president was ill-served by poor advice. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, January 16th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 